This episode is a Memorial Day special where we honor U.S. Army soldiers who made the ultimate sacrifice. We all went over there and we knew what could happen. We just carry on with that memory and live that day as though they were standing right next to us. That hit us, not just myself in the platoon, and his platoon, his squad, but the whole company was hurt. How did you deal with taking your brother back to the States and then returning to Afghanistan to finish your tour? I owe it to him and his memory to be the best version of myself for everyone in my life. He's never really gone until I stop saying his name. And until I draw my last breath, his name will never stop coming out of my mouth. Hello Dragoons, this is Command Sergeant Major Pingle, your Regimental Command Sergeant Major, and this is a very special episode of Kill Tank Radio, Memorial Day. Its history dates back to the Civil War. It wasn't made an official federal holiday until 1971. The U.S. government recognized Memorial Day to ensure that the sacrifices of Americans' fallen heroes are never forgotten. While many Americans celebrate it as the start of summer, for members of the military it means much more. In the studio today, I have two Dragoon leaders. They are dedicating this episode to soldiers they personally knew, soldiers who made an impact on countless lives and share their impact with our listening audience. So I'll let my guests introduce themselves and who they are dedicating this episode to, starting with Sergeant First Class Sandoval. I'm Sergeant First Class Elson Sandoval. I'm a platoon sergeant for Lightning Troop, 3rd Squadron, 2CR. And I'll be dedicating this episode to Corporal Steven Raidersdorf. This is Staff Sergeant Nicholas Simmons. I'm the 2-2 Squadron Master Driver, dedicating this episode to PFC Anthony Simmons. Okay, Sergeant First Class Sandoval, we'll start with you. Talk to me about Corporal Steven Raidersdorf. Corporal Raidersdorf, I met him at my first unit back in, in Fort Hood. I was part of 3rd Brigade, 1st Cav, and 3-8. Raidersdorf was a member of each platoon at one point of, of his career. And I was in 3rd Platoon when he came to us for our training event for GRTC leading up to our deployment, like he was a friend. He, no matter what was going on, he always tried to make your life better, make the situation better, either by listening to you, by helping you, whatever it was, Raidersdorf was a go-to guy, no matter who you were in the, in the platoon, or in, in the company as well. It sounds like Corporal Raidersdorf was not only an outstanding soldier, but an outstanding leader and an outstanding friend. If you don't mind sharing with the audience, you know, what happened on that deployment? So it was uh, our first deployment. Uh, we deployed in 2006. We were in Iraq for about three months and in October of 2006. In January 7, 2007, we had operation. My squad was attached to a uh, 2nd platoon who was leading the, the operation. You know, we infilled around 03, air assaulted in to this small little village. We would find this one guy and then, and then leave. It would be a short mission. Ended up being an extended mission because we ended up finding a lot of revenue caches. So instead of leaving SP back to the fob around zero nine, we stayed out to like 1700. Uh, we, were, we all lined up, getting ready to exfil, back to our Bradleys, head back to our fob. And that's when we took contact. We took contact from everywhere. It was coming from ev every part in that location, rounds were hitting us. I was partnered over my team leader, Sergeant Joe, and the interpreter, and rounds were hitting right in front of our feet. So we take a house and we're holding there until our squad leader develops the situation. And then you hear on the radio that we took a casualty. There's no name on the on, on the on transmission of who it was, but it was announced like we have a man down. We get told from our squad leader, say we gotta go to this other house and pull rooftop security while they conduct Kazavak. I'm a shotgunner. So we get there. I see the medic on the ground with somebody. I don't know who it is yet, but I see blood on the floor. Uh, we get to the stairs, and as I'm going up the stairs, I look down 
it was Raidersdorf. Um, the medics there with them and two other guys conducting buddy aid. Once I see Raidersdorf hit, I, I'm, I'm angry now. I'm like, oh, I know this guy. This is, this is a great dude. This is a great person. I get to the rooftop. We're taking contact. My, my team leader and my squad leader are telling me to engage with windows, tree lines, and I'm sending every round possible that I can downrange. Finally, the, the fighting stopped. We get back to our Bradley. We had we expelled back to a, a fob. Inside the Bradley, we're relieved. We're like, oh, we made it out of there. I'm, I'm thankful for being out of there. It wasn't until we get back to our, our fob when we were told the news. Wait, stuff didn't make it. That hit us, not just myself and the platoon and his platoon, his squad, but the whole company was hurt. Raider Store, like I said earlier, Raider Store was a member of every platoon at one point leading up to our deployment. I dealt with death before in my life, but not like this, not in a combat environment where Raider Store was a leader, he was a friend, and he's not going to be there anymore. And, and to me, that was something that took me a long time to process. Well, Sergeant Sandoval, I really appreciate you sharing that story with our Dragoon family. I know it's not easy to reflect on those days, but sometimes it is healthy to be able to talk about it. All right, Staff Sergeant Simmons, tell us about who Private First Class Anthony Simmons was. PFC Anthony Simmons was actually my brother. We both joined two months from each other in 2009. Unforeseen, ended up going to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Ended up in 1st Brigade Bastogne. 2nd Battalion, 327. Two months later, I graduated basic and actually ended up at the same battalion, working side by side as though we've lived most of our lives. Spent the next eight, nine months with each other, which we never thought that we'd end up getting. Uh, we were one company away from each other. I was Charlotte Company, he was Delta Company. I ended up going to uh, Cop Pinage in the RC East Kunar Province, Afghanistan. He went to Cop Mani. On July 8th, 2010, he ended up getting hit by a 107 Chinese rocket in his barrack room. He was walking outside, some mortar rounds indirect, started getting hit onto the cop. He ended up running into uh, the little housing and got uh, four guys that were sitting in there out. And when they got to their little collection point to uh, get accountability and found out that the only one missing was my brother, they started running back to the building to get him. And as they were running back, the last round ended up impacting his room. On the cop, at that time, they were using the B-Hut as an ammo storage point, and that round ended up setting those rounds off and ended up setting the B-Hut on fire. And that's where he got caught in. It happened at 6.15 that morning. 6.45, I'm getting woken up on my cop and getting told that the CO wanted to see me. I walk over there. A little bit before that, two of our buddies ended up going down I was actually scheduled to go up to his cop as a for the combat memorial. The flight kept getting delayed. The follow-up day, I was supposed to catch a flight up there. So my assumption was it was going to end up being like, my thought was that the flight came a day early. It was the CO, the only one that's going to be left. So he was going to give me my little flight brief. Went to the CO's office on the talk. That's where my CO, my PO, my platoon sergeant, and my squad leader were there, just standing there in a the line. My first thought was, it doesn't take this many of my leadership to give me a quick flight brief. They're like, have a seat. No, I'm good. And that's when my CO told me that at 6.15 that morning, uh, Cop Monty got, got attacked. It's no big deal. Uh, Cop Monty gets attacked every day. What's up with it? That's when they told me that there was only one casualty, and it ended up being my brother. There was a situation a couple weeks prior where uh, their platoon got hit with a S-Vest on a bridge. It took three days for them to come back and tell me that my brother was on the other side of the bridge. 
and he didn't get hit. So I didn't believe it. I was like, no, it's not possible. So last time it took three days to tell me, and then now you're telling me within 45 minutes? I guess it's not possible. They said everybody was accounted for except for him. Ended up packing me a pack. They got me a flight. I flew to uh, Jalalabad with my squad leader and one of my teammates. At that point, I met up with his platoon at the flight line, and that's where they had my brother there, uh, laying there in a in a bag. That's where I got my brother. I picked him up, put him on a cart, brought him across the flight line like it was probably leaves in a wheelbarrow, put him in a Blackhawk, put a flag over him, and that's where I flew to from there to Bagram and moved on. And that's where I called uh, my mom and told her I brought him over here and I'll bring him back. All right, so Staff Sergeant Simmons, I really appreciate you telling that story and sharing it with the Dragoon family. I know it, it cannot be easy to talk about all the time. My question for you, I guess, is, you know, having just come out of basic training, experience in this, where we all consider every every soldier to our left and our right, our brother and our sister, but this has mm-hmm. a whole n- new meaning to our brothers in arm. How did you deal with taking your brother back to the States and then returning to Afghanistan to finish your tour? Uh, before we joined him, kind of the reason for us joining is that my brother and I were going like a dead end path. And joining the Army was one of those things that we can build a road for us to walk down. I saw my brother at work uh, every day, and he finally found a job that was not just good for him, but actually bettered him. When I went back, I noticed that his platoon, they were doing the same job that we were doing in a line platoon with only 14 guys. So I made the recommendation to my battalion sergeant major to get transferred from my company and my platoon to his. And I spent the remainder of the eight, almost nine months on that deployment with his platoon and his guys. I'm sure it could not have been easy to take your brother back to your family and then tell your mother and your father that you're returning back to Afghanistan where all this occurred. And it took a lot of courage and resiliency from yourself to be able to do that. You know, and it's very impactful for the for you to go join your brother's platoon to fill a gap that you knew they had. What impact does that say your brother had on you and that you were to impact that platoon and that company going forward through the rest of the deployment? One of the impacts that he had was that he was the clown. He was the funny guy in every situation. He can... He gets frustrated, but he took every situation and turned it into something. One of the things that all of his guys uh, was telling me when I went to them was that he made their experience better. One of the reasons was that he just looked at everything, not just as a joke, but as a better experience. We are right before we deployed. That was our first deployment. I was a private. I was terrified. And I just look over at my brother, and he didn't have a care in the world. I just had it in my mind that he just didn't know what was expected. He just carefree, just like any other body. But no, he he knew just what we were going into as much as anybody else, but just lived for the day. And that was one aspect that he brought to his platoon, his company, the simple fact that we're going to live each day. Just because you woke up that day doesn't mean you're going to go to sleep that day. Might as well make the best of that that dash in between the dates. Moving on, that's what I, I try to do for the rest of that deployment. 
Well, it sounds like your brother was an amazing person and soldier that obviously had a huge impact on everyone around him. So turning back to you, Sergeant First Class Sandoval, tell us about Corporal Raidersdorf and the impact he had on you and how does he made you a better person? So I'm gonna tell you one of my first experience with Raidersdorf. So this is back in 2005. I have known Raidersdorf for maybe, maybe three to four weeks. We were coming up Thanksgiving break. I was a private that did not know how to use money. Whatever I made, I spent it the next day. So I had a daughter who lived in San Antonio with her mother. I tried to go home as much as possible. But for Thanksgiving break, I didn't have enough money to get a Greyhound to go from Fort Hood to San Antonio. So I decided to stay in my barracks room. Uh, Raider Storff is from Arizona. So he didn't go home. He was walking on the barracks the morning of Thanksgiving. He heard music from my room, knocked on my door. And the first thing he said, like, what are you doing here? Go see your daughter. This goes to who raised over this person. It didn't matter who you were, if you were in the platoon or not. If he could help you, he would help you. He told me, pack your bags, be ready to go out in 30 minutes. So I pack my bags, he picks me up, he takes me to the Greyhound, he buys my ticket to San Antonio and back. And he told me, spend time with your daughter, man. This is your time. Maybe you have four days off, go see your daughter. That meant the war to me. I never repaid back what he did for me that day. I've, I feel very fortunate to be where I'm at in life. I'm a platoon sergeant, I'm, a, I'm in charge of, of 42 soldiers that I get to lead. I, I'm married, going on 11 years. I got four beautiful kids. I feel undeserving of the life that I have because of the man Raider Stoke was. Like I could never measure up to who he was. I, for some strange reason, was on all three of my deployments, was allowed to come back. I owe it to him and his memory to be the best version of myself for everyone in my life. My soldiers, my wife, my kids, my family back home, because that's who Steven was to us. The best version of Assassin Company. So I have to do that every day when I wake up. I, no matter how I'm feeling inside, I have to be better than I was yesterday because I'm very, very blessed to be sitting here talking about him, remembering him. Because so many times I feel like he's, he should have the life I live. They say the good die young, right? I hate that it's true because he was a good guy. He was a good human being. And now I'm here in his place. I owe it to him. I owe it to his memory to always live my day the best. So for both of you, you know, the regimental commander always talks about people first. His enduring intent is care like a professional. And he's always talking about being a positive leader. And it sounds like both Private First Class Simmons and Corporal Raidersdorf absolutely embodied those traits. And it's clear with the impact that they've had on your lives and they continue to have on your lives. How do you continue to celebrate your brother's life? You can ask any one of my guys from the six duty stations that I've been to since. You give me an opportunity to talk about my brother, I'm going to talk about my brother. My brother was uh, one of the best men I ever knew in my life. Even though we're only a year and eight, eight months to the day apart. He was such an influence that I look up to every day. It's only because of him is how I went from a poor country guy <laughs> from North Florida to a staff sergeant in the Army. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. His drive to do anything, and it's usually on the negative side. Oh, you slow. You can't run. <laughs> so I'm always like trying to better my time on my run just <laughs> so he'd shut up. And it, it was just the competitive notion between him and I and everyone else around us. And it wasn't a malicious, but it was it was negative. But at the same time, it was meant to build you up. But it was meant to just push you just so you'd have that drive to try and beat him. And then when you finally beat him, he's already been working. He ain't said nothing. 
but he's already been working to beat you back. <laughs> and uh, that's just one thing that I use every day. I, I kind of s- see it in one of those lights that he's never really gone until I stop saying his name. And until I draw my last breath, his name will never stop coming out of my mouth. Well, thank you for sharing that, Staff Sergeant Simmons. I mean, again, it's great to see you be able to smile like that when you look back on the impact that he's had and the how you continue to take that forward and be able to remember him and not let it be lost. Roger Simmons. So, Sergeant First Class Sandoval, same thing to you is how do you continue to celebrate Corporal Raidersdorf's life? Well, Sergeant Raiders, I want to piggyback off Staff Sergeant Simmons. I talk about him. I talk to my kids about him. My kids know who who Steven, I call him Steven to, to them, like who he is and how he loved playing the guitar. And then one of my daughters picked up playing guitar and that I'm not good at instruments. Hopefully that was the connection they had. And I talk about how, what he did for me that, that Thanksgiving morning, I continue to tell stories about him. He mentioned like, when you, when you don't say his name anymore, in my culture, we have Day of the Dead. We use that to remember people who pass and it's told to us, you die twice. Die first time you die and then you die a second time and no one say your name again. So I'm going to continue saying Steven's name again. My kids are going to know who he is. They're going to tell their grandkids. I'm going to tell my grandkids about who he is, continue his life because that, that sacrifice, that loss impacted me in, in a huge way. And I know my brothers from that company, we celebrate his life. I know for most of us in the Army that have shared experiences such as yourself, every day in a way is Memorial Day. We don't take one day out of the year and, and use that to remember those that we've lost that meant so much to us. But specifically, what are your plans for this Memorial Day? Finally, Germany's finally kind of slowly opening back up. So I'm taking the opportunity to explore Germany, take my family to uh, the Black Forest, go hiking, see, see what that's all about. And I used to be sour about this day. I used to get upset when I was a lot younger. We are like, no, don't have barbecues, but that's not what Stephen said we want. You know, he wants us to live our life like like we should, like enjoy the moment, enjoy every day because not every day promised to you. So I'm going to tell my kids more stories about, about Ray the Storm. I'm going to enjoy the hike with my family and, and just celebrate it like he would want me to. And Staff Sergeant Simmons, what are your plans this Memorial Day weekend? Memorial Day weekend, I'll be working <laughs> with one of our operations coming up. But that still doesn't keep me from thinking about him and even talking to all my guys and everything that I have about my brother and spreading the knowledge of my brother. But moving on, the Memorial Days, hopefully I can spend them with my family and so they're not feeling alone during that time. Us as soldiers and kind of look at Memorial Day or any other time that we view that scenario, thinking about the loved ones lost, kind of view it slightly different. I try to at least put myself in like my mother's shoes that she don't view it in the same light that I do. Hopefully my plan will work out and try and spend that time at least with my family and our friends. We'll remember him, but we'll also live that day as though my brother were there next to us. So Dragoons, as we approach Memorial Day, I know War Eagle and Cougar will be out of town doing operational requirements that are asked of them. But if you're here on Rose Barracks, I recommend that you take some time to visit the memorial and look up one of the soldiers that has their names engraved on that monument and get to know something about one of those soldiers. So I'll turn it to you, Sergeant First Class Sandoval. Do you have any final comments? To the Dragoons listening, I know some people say Memorial Day is a time to mourn, but it's also a, a day to to celebrate. So take that moment to to remember your fallen comrade and remember how they will want to be remembered and how they want you to live your life enjoying the four-day weekend, enjoying that you're, you're still around. And Staff Sergeant Simmons? Uh, sorry, Major. There's nothing about just sitting by and just being depressed about 
the day. It's about actually remembering the brothers and sisters or family members that we had uh, and that are now lost. But to remember the times that you had together, the times that, that you will forever be ingrained in your mind and in your heart. And I implore you to actually just live that day as as though they would use that as the in memory of them. If they're that life of the party, like my brother was, he never met a stranger. He had one guy about to fight, and then next thing you know, they're sharing a beer together. Just continue the legacy that they already put that first step towards. And sorry, Major, that's what I have. Sergeant First Class Sandoval and Staff Sergeant Simmons, on behalf of Colonel Ewers and the entire regiment, thank you for joining us for this podcast. We must always honor and remember the soldiers that came before us gave so much for our nation. Thank you for sharing the memories of Corporal Stephen Raidersdorf and PFC Anthony Simmons, soldiers that made the ultimate sacrifice but should never be forgotten. Lastly, I would like to ask anybody listening to this podcast who is struggling with loss of a loved one or knows someone who is in a similar situation. Every day, and especially Memorial Day, can be challenging for many of us, and we need to stand by ready to care like a professional. Your leadership and your fellow Dragoons are always ready to provide you any assistance that you need. This is Dragoon 7 signing out. The following section was recorded after the podcast and has language that may be inappropriate for younger audiences. However, we feel it provides important perspective into the lives of soldiers who have lost someone in combat. <laughs> Staff Sergeant Simmons, I really Sorry, appreciate man. it. I know it's got, it can't be easy. Sorry for class animal. <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes it definitely helps. My wife tries mm-hmm. to get me to talk about it all the times, and a lot of times, you know, you don't want to share it. I think it's one of those kind of things. It's always, we just grew up in the Army always, like, talking shit in the yeah. motor pool just with the bros and it's usually like a family thing because you know your family's like back home they're not really going to understand it they'll they'll hear it but they really don't understand it where you're coming from on it i wonder how you can sit there and be in the worst shithole imaginable like it's some freaking production movie going i would never want to be there and you show them a video of yourself and you and your bros is in the this shit box of a mountain and you're still laughing and joking, throwing rocks at each other because they won't understand. Yeah, you're right. They won't understand. This is my first time <laughs> sharing that what happened. Mm-hmm. My, my wife knows it and the people that I deployed with, but besides that, outside, no one knew what happened first time sharing that. But going back to like, they, they won't understand. I got injured Dragoon mm-hmm. Ready right this yeah. past one. I got medevac out of there. The following day, I'm trying to get back. Yeah. I was like, yo, you got seriously injured. Why are you going back out there? I need to go out there. You know, like my, my guys need me. Yeah, because I've actually had so many of the people that were on that deployment with us 15, 17 years in at the time looking at me like I'm batshit fucking nuts <laughs> because I came back. They're like, why not? Like, so you're telling me this guy that got shot in the bicep came back, actually did a 42 push ups in the hospital to come back. What about the uh, Ob Sergeant Major guy's leg blown off? And was home for the minimum amount of time. Put on one of little bent back pep clip legs. I'll pull a little tink tank, and freaking ran a freaking PT test and did a fourteen thirty. I'm barely doing a fourteen thirty <laughs> at thirty four years old. No, this dude's like fifty years old running a fourteen thirty just so he can get back to Afghanistan. I'm some little twenty three, twenty four year old freaking PFC going. What the fuck is my excuse? Yeah, I could come home and stay home. Big fucking deal. But I got a whole battalion full of fucking brothers and sisters that can't fucking come home yet. 
That fucking round impacted my brother. It didn't impact me. Why the fuck do I get a fucking right to come home? That's the mindset that we have in our job and in this career. Some people talking about it is not going to understand. So when, when we sit there and talk about our bros and even sisters, because I even lost a female during that deployment. Uh, and that was 2010. Like everybody keeps asking me, is like, how do you view what happened? And I'm like, my brother, yeah. brother was a grown ass man when he joined. My brother joined a grown ass job. He did his job like a grown ass man. And you know what? He freaking loved what he did. And not only did he love it, he was damn good at it. But he had slung some freaking toe missiles up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So am I sad about it? You're damn right. It fucking sucks. My brother's the best fucking friend I've ever had in my life. Do I hold remorse over it? Fuck no. Because I feel like if I did, that pulls away from everything my brother did. Mm -hmm. So we just chalk it up, call it what it is. We all went over there and we knew what could happen. We just carry on with that memory and live that day as though they were standing right next to us. Because the day we stop is the day they yeah. finally fade.